This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your risk management advisor. Welcome to the Local Officials Stronger Together podcast. I'm your host, Scott Houston. Today, we're talking about servant leadership as a management style and as a way of life. As always, I'll give you some basic info, interview an expert in the subject, in this case, it's my dad, and then give you some action items to help you get everything you can for our partnership. In 2020, when Business Insurance News recognized the TML Risk Pool as a best place to work, our executive director, Jeff Thompson, gave this quote. He said, The centerpiece of our philosophy towards our people is servant leadership. We aim to create a culture that inspires our people to work together towards a worthy purpose. In this case, partnering with local governments so that Texas communities are stronger together. That's a great quote, but what actually is servant leadership? Well, it's a philosophy that's all about putting others first. The term was first coined by Robert Greenleaf in his 1970 essay called The Servant as Leader. And I put a link to that essay underneath the podcast. You can purchase it for a small price off of Greenleaf's website. How does Greenleaf define the philosophy of servant leadership? I like this passage from his book. The difference manifests itself in the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. The best test and difficult to administer, he said, is this. Do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, and more likely themselves to become servants? And as I thought about how I and others at the pool and our members can live servant leadership every day, I thought about who could I interview for this podcast? And alas, I didn't have to look far. That's because my dad, Ben Houston, has lived the life of a servant leader since he was introduced to the concept by his boss in the year I was born, 1972. Dad is an engineer who spent 53 years in various roles, including president, of an HVAC subcontractor based in Dallas that's called TD Industries. His company helped shape the skyline of Dallas and other cities in Texas and around the country even. Just one cool example of their work is the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Dad helped grow TD Industries into an employee-owned company with annual revenues of over $700 million and over 2,700 employees. TD Partners, they call them. And servant leadership has been a key factor in TD's success, and it shows. They were recognized by Fortune magazine as being one of the 100 best companies to work for in America for over two consecutive decades. Dad is now almost 88 years old, but he can still work me under the table at his ranch in East Texas, and he's still sharp as a tack. And I thought it might be cool to interview him about servant leadership. So I'm now joined by my dad, Ben Houston. Welcome, Dad. Hey, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for being here today. Uh, we want to talk today about servant leadership, and I want to ask you some questions about that because I know it's been an important principle in your life, uh, in your work life, and in your private life. So uh, let's just go ahead and get into those questions. Let's start with how would you define servant leadership? 
Well, I'm not sure it's my definition, but a fellow named Bob Greenleaf said that servant leadership was a leader that served those that he he or she led. And in so doing, they made the people that they were they were leading and serving be even better than they were before and to be more likely to become servant leaders themselves. That's a pretty generic uh, definition. And I think there's two things that really are vitally important to to, uh, servant leadership. One is extending trust and receiving trust. And the other is respect, respect for all of those that are around you and those that are, are being led as well. I think as you define servant leadership, you speak to trust uh, being a key component of that. But I'd next like to ask you, what are some of the biggest challenges to being a servant leader and implementing the practices that you've just defined? Well, as, as always, the challenges turn out to be within ourselves. Uh, it's not somebody else. It's are we able to live up to the expectation of being a servant leader? Um, and so, this trust and respect is so very, very important. But you need to be sure that you find that you're making time to say thank you when it's certainly due. When you've got to make a correction, say let's try it this way. When you make a mistake, be really, really quick to admit your mistake and apologize for your own mistake. And then recognize the job well done. And I think those those things all become a challenge for us in the heat of the day when we're working under pressure. So simple as they are. <laughs> right. So it sounds like you, you've talked about trust and respect as being cornerstones of being a servant leader, but based upon what you've just said, it also sounds like honesty is a very, very important component of it. And I'd, I'd certainly have to agree with Scott. Honesty begets respect, and that's part of the submit admitting when you have when you have a mistake. Tell me, where did you first learn about this principle? I know you worked at your company for for decades, and I talked a little bit about that in the intro to the podcast. But where did you first hear about the principle of servant leadership in your life? Well, our, our founder, Jack Sr., found a little pamphlet called Servant Leadership. And it was written by a guy named Bob Greenleaf, who was a longtime human resources guy and, and leader in AT&T Company. And he wrote this little pamphlet on servant leadership. So Jack Sr., our founder, he read, he read the pamphlet, and he liked it so much that he brought it to the, the management. And so we all read it and then discussed it one chapter at a time. And then when we were through, we expanded it to the next tier of leadership in our company. And the next leaders did it, and then they taught those that worked with them, sometimes with a mentor. Wow, so a pamphlet led to something that became really a a founding principle almost of TD Industries. 
That's right. As a matter of fact, we became very close to Bob Greenlee. What happened is that we started buying so many of these little books. He called up Jack Sr. and said, what are you doing with all these books? <laughs> and Jack explained it to him. So Bob and his wife would come to, to Texas and share their thoughts with us. In his book, Bob Greenleaf writes that one must not be afraid of a little silence. Some find silence awkward or oppressive, but a relaxed approach to dialogue will include the welcoming of some silence. It is often a devastating question to ask oneself, but it is sometimes important to ask it. In saying what I have in mind, will I really improve on the silence? Dad, you told me once about Bob putting his money where his mouth is on that, right? You'd be asking Bob a question about what do you see the company needs to do. Bob would remain silent for a long, long time, and each one of his answers was so terse. And one day, one of us said, Bob, why are your answers so short? He said, well, I think before I speak, and if I decide it's not going to improve the conversation, I don't say anything. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Uh, that's probably a, a good, that's probably the best takeaway from the whole uh, podcast that we'll get today. Tell me about the the principles of servant leadership that we've talked about. D- did you use those also to guide your your private life, if you will, your home life, your, your life with your friends? Um, and do you still use those principles now that you're retired? I think when you were growing up, I think a whole lot of the things that we worked on together when there were opportunities for improvement (laughs) were a result of certain leadership. (laughs) (laughs) Which which arrest or or jail time situation were you talking about? (laughs) I can't remember. There's so many. Oh gosh, that's awesome, Bob. Well, I, uh, I I do know that you actually did, you know, use those principles with us, and and Lord knows we needed it. So thank you for doing that <laughs> for Lewis, my brother, and I. We we've talked a lot about these principles. Tell me what probably the the most important takeaway that people should take from listening to this today. Well, I think that servant leadership. And trust are outstanding and go across your entire life. And I'd like to tell you a little story. This is a true story uh, that exemplifies all of these things. We had a superintendent, J.R. Bumpus, that was with us for about 30 years, and he passed away. And when his his family came to us, we had a large meeting and received about 500 and said, could we have his memorial service at TD? It was so much ingrained in him. And we said, of course. Well, these three little vignettes were told, these little stories were told by different individuals at the memorial service. The first story was told by a fellow named Peter Barra. And Pete was about 20 years old, came to work on JR's job. JR was a construction superintendent. And when he got on the job, his steel-toed boots had the steel showing through. The leather, leather was worn off. And J.R. saw him and he said, 
Pete, you, this is his first day, he said, you, you can't be on this job because that's unsafe. The steel tolls you all to pop out. And, and he said, well, Mr. Bump says, I don't have enough money to buy a pair of boots now. He said, you see me at 4.30. Well, at 4.30, everybody thought J.R. and Peter Barrow pit. Everybody thought Pete was going to be fired. The next day, they came back, and J.R. had bought Pete a new pair of steel-toed boots. And aside, we now buy those. The company now buys those. But Pete ultimately became a superintendent himself and ran 20-story buildings for us and hospitals all across the Houston metroplex. Dad, it's truly been an honor to get a, to get a chance to visit with you and allow some of your wisdom to help our podcast listeners. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Scott. Love you. Bye. Okay, let's do your action items for this episode. Action item one, pay for the $5 and download Greenleaf's essay, The Servant as Leader, and see if it resonates with you. If it does, look for ways to incorporate servant leadership into your organizational culture. We at the Risk Pool also use a group called Strategic Government Resources for our internal training, and I've linked to SGR under this podcast as well. Action item two, recognize a job well done. Greenleaf wrote that an institution starts on a course towards people building with leadership that has a firmly established context of people first. With that, the right actions fall naturally into place, and none of the conventional gimmicks may ever be used, according to Greenleaf. Dad spoke to me a little bit about that as well. We're in the construction business, so and I was in the same company for 62 years and still go back and do things there. So that's where my stories are going to come from. But we were doing the Cardinals Stadium out in Phoenix, Arizona, and our superintendent, Jimbo Bunnell, saw a welder from the valley out there from Phoenix that was doing a really good job. He was getting a lot of wells, and they were really perfect. So Jimbo just walked over to him. He said, Joe, I just wanted to stop and thank you. He says, you're doing such a great job on these wells, and I'm impressed with how good you can do them and how many you can do. The welder stopped and teared up and said, I've been in this valley for 25 years and no one has ever said thank you. So we got to remember to say thanks for the job well done. And action item three, remember that a servant leader may have to practice tough love. Dad spoke to me about that too. And the last story was told by a foreman on a piping job. And J.R. was the superintendent monitoring this job, and he worked several jobs at a time. So he came on the site, and he pulled the team together, and he said, Tom, we've got to be finished with this job 100% by Friday, a week from this Friday. And Tom said, he said, J.R., we need more men. Rome wasn't built in a day. And he said, JR paused for a moment and he said, Tom, do you know why Rome wasn't built in a day? He said, No, why? 
He said, because I wasn't the superintendent. (laughs) 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 And and Tom proudly said at this memorial service, we finished the equipment room on time, in budget, and we didn't get any more men. So part of servant leadership is tough love when you have to ask people to do something that they don't think they can do. Those stories are a perfect example of servant leadership at work. Okay, that's it for this episode. We'll talk again soon. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.